Hello, friends, and welcome to my podcast, Sense and Sensibility on Stage. So the question for today is, what defines a woman? Is it her looks and her beauty? Is it her biological ability to bear children? Is there even a definition? Nowadays, society is dilapidating the constructs of gender, but there is still far to go for everyone to accept that. However, 19th century society in England across the globe had standards for exactly what a woman should be. Jane Austen's Sense and Sensibility discusses the challenges and expectations women faced in the 19th century in good British society. And although the story was written 300 plus years ago, women still face these obstacles today. So then, how can this tie into the importance of British literature? Well, in my opinion, history is cyclical. And even though the issues were written in a time of courting and horse-drawn carriages, we still face a lot of these personal dilemmas that are faced by the characters. So much so that in 2014, Kate Hamill wrote an onstage adaptation of the novel for the American stage. I read an article written by Hamill for Experience the Art at Harvard, where she explains her reasoning for writing the adaptation. She says the woman on stage has for far too long been represented in only three categories, such as the girlfriend, the wife, and the prostitute. Not only is this a missed opportunity for women's emotional growth on stage, but in their vocational developments and opportunities over the years to be clearly represented. Do not forget, art imitates life. This leads to an even bigger question. When do we separate life and art? More into that later. This, however, is a directorial conversation amongst a director and designers. So, let's start with some concepts. And first of all, the concept is a through line or theme chosen to carry the show. And I'm not planning on doing a concept with a K. And for those not in theater, a concept with a K means that a very bold conceptual decision has been made for the show, i.e. Macbeth taking place on the moon. The same article referenced earlier by Hamill is entitled Love and Frustration because her decision to adapt the novel was based on these two emotions. The love comes from her love of theater and classical literature and frustration from the limitations placed on women in theater and in the time. Love and frustration can be seen throughout Austen's pieces. However, the emotions must be controlled towards the same outlet. For example, Marianne's love and frustration towards Willoughby. She loves him and wants to be with him and fully expected to be so, but she was betrayed and became frustrated with the obstacles put in her way. There's also Eleanor's emotions towards her mother. She loves her mother because of the familial ties and obligations, but those obligations can get in the way of her speaking her mind. She holds her frustration back, and when her mother chooses to ignore Willoughby's red flags towards Marianne, and even advocates for Marianne to wait for Willoughby's assumed proposal, this can be constructed in several different facets. However, for the sake of this conversation, I'll keep it short, and I'll be discussing stage structure, lighting, and costumes. Stage structure is what is known as seen by the audience as the set and the blocking, or directed placement of movements of actors and props. There can be ties between set and how the actors interact with the set by putting actors on various levels, which means having one or some actors on a higher level, like on top of stairs, and then some on a lower level, like at the bottom of the stairs, and then having them either face each other, face away from each other, or even looking directly at one another, vice versa, differences of these variations of stage placement. Now, for these different characters and their relations, we would see a character who is in love with another longingly looking at this character, while the character who is not in love facing their back to them or not even looking at them at all. However, characters who do love each other 
and share that love between each other would look directly at each other because they are facing each other and they are open to a conversation. Whereas characters who are not in good terms with another character would have their backs facing to each other as a standoff position. Think of, you know, the Western Wild Wild West when their backs are faced towards them and they're about to shoot each other at gunpoint. There is a technique in directing using proximity and distance to mean different things between pushes and pulls between characters. And so, for example, in this context, between meaning love and frustration. So, for example, we have character A standing on top of the staircase while character B is standing at the bottom of the staircase. Character A is looking down at B and B is having their back facing A. Now, what this means is that a could have a longing love for B, while B is not giving them the attention of day because their back is towards them signaling that there is that separation and there is that depth in between them. However, for example, Eleanor and Marianne, they are very close, they are sisters, they love each other. So a logical assumption between these sisters was that they would face each other and they would look at each other and they would be in close proximity to each other. Now, however, Willoughby and Marianne they would have a different situation. Or take even Lucy and Eleanor. Eleanor would have some depth from Lucy and Lucy would look towards Eleanor, but Eleanor might give more of a shoulder to Lucy because she hasn't fully trusted her yet. Whereas Lucy is willing and able and committing to give herself into Eleanor. Now, some of my favorite aspects in theater are lighting and costume because they use color theory to hide messages in their designs. So starting with lighting, designers can use darker colors not only to represent nighttime, but they can also represent darkness in characters. They can create shadows and can imitate a shadow or a looming presence over the characters. In times when Marianne is on her deathbed, the lighting surrounding Eleanor as she is sitting next to her dying sister should be dimmer and darker. This reflects Eleanor's light, aka her sister, slipping away from her. Now the lighting can also be used as an isolation method to force the audience where to look. So for example, in Hamill's script, she uses these characters called the Gossipers who go around town and they spread all of these different rumors about the Dashwood sisters and anyone else that's in town. And so for these Gossipers, the idea for lighting could be to isolate these actors because they help in these transitions. And then when the Gossipers merge into one group, the lighting will dimly rise on them all and then join into a cluster to light all of them. Costuming can also represent emotions and stages of life. So color in costumes representing stages of life could be Marianne wearing bright, fun colors such as bright pinks and reds, and these tie into her youth and childlike perspectives, along with her stereotypical representation of what a quote-unquote girl's life and dreams should consist of in their society. Now that is taken from Jiom and Jung, 132. An obvious notion for emotions would be Eleanor being in darker morning clothes when they think Marianne is going to die. Similarly, Marianne would wear darker clothes after Willoughby's betrayal and her wardrobe would slowly grow back to brighter colors, not quite as bright as before, as her heart heals. But as I said, she will never fully go back to those bright and colorful color palettes. This represents her loss of innocence, not sexually, but, and her growing into the reality of adulthood and her marriage to Colonel Brandon. However, on the contrary, Eleanor would start in darker tones at the beginning of the show and gradually get to warmer tones, like pastels, once she allows herself to love Edward and allow herself to be loved in return. 
So putting all of this knowledge together, let's create a scene with the three aspects that we have discussed today. A conceptual design implementing set, lighting, and costuming could be when Marianne sees Willoughby with his new fiance, Miss Sophia Gray, at the ball. So let's picture the scene. The image is with Marianne on one side of the stage facing Sophia's back. The lights could dim everywhere else with only a dim light on Marianne and another one on Sophia. It would also include Willoughby facing Sophia near her. This way, he is facing Marianne, and he can see her face over Sophia's shoulder, but Sophia is literally in between them, blocking Willoughby from going to Marianne. This also ties into the concept of love and frustration, because their love forces them to look at each other, but Sophia is the obstacle of frustration in their path. The dresses for Eleanor and Marianne should be less extravagant in comparison to Miss Gray's, an obvious point in wealth and status. Marianne should be in her brighter colors that they obviously spent more money for Marianne's dress rather than Eleanor's. And Miss Gray should be in a soft pink as close as white to possible to signify her impending marriage to Willoughby, portraiting her as a bride. Now, as Marianne begins to awaken from this daze of seeing Willoughby and Sophia together, the lights would rise again, illuminating everyone else that has been in the room this entire time. The isolation of these two characters just means that that was the only thing that the audience should have been able to see as picturing it through Marianne's eyes and what she is seeing in this time. So today joining me on the podcast, I have Miss Eleanor and Marianne Dashwood, played by the beautiful Miss Emily Webb and Miss Reagan Allen. Hi, oh, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having us. Yes. We're so excited to be here. Yes, hello. First of the questions, what do you think the title of Eleanor and Marianne's autobiographies be? What would they title their autobiography? Mm. That's a really good question. <laughs> Eleanor's would uh, be... Mine would be Crazy in Love. Like Beyonce. Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She would want to be a celebrity. She, yeah, she would. And it's just like... Um, Eleanor's would be something about like... Like hers would be very very Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like a... Keeping up with the... What is it? What's their last name? Kardashian? Well, no. Oh, the Dashwoods. Oh, da- keeping up with the Dashwoods. Oh, I love it. Nice. Very formal. Very logical. She's just giving you the 411. Yeah. Yes. Straight to the point. What are what is my autobiography? So, um, what do you? This is more like a script question, but like, what do you think would have happened if Marianne, if like their mom was more involved in the whole Marianne and Willoughby thing? Cons- you know, considering that their mom was very similar to Marianne in the way mm-hmm. that she acted, I don't think it would have been much help. Versus if she was more like Eleanor, maybe they could have talked sense into her getting a parental guidance plus mm-hmm. the sibling guidance maybe that could have helped the mother but... would have fought fire with fire and it would have been very yeah it could have ended worse just because they're the same person yeah she than... should have been like fully committed yeah <laughs> just go straight into willoughby he's rich he's pretty just go yeah. i feel like that's what her mother would have said yeah do you think because her mom was very like passive to willoughby do you think that if their mom had like gone to Willoughby and been like, "You've been courting my daughter, propose already." Do you think? Do you think she would have ever done that? Like, what do you think would have happened if she ever did that? Um, if she did that, I think it would have ended earlier. Cause I think he was like, got to the point he was like stringing her along. Yeah. Like just having that other like reassurance, like, "Oh man, I am that dude. I can pull the girls." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe it would have ended earlier and saved a little bit of a heartbreak. True. True. 
Okay, this is more of a fun question. Mm-hmm. Um, what color do you think Eleanor Marianne would wear? In our research symposium, I had Eleanor wearing green, but I feel like the neutral tones, like greens and yellows, are Eleanor's vibe. I feel like ours, Marianne, would be red and pink. Definitely the bright out there colors, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. ones that like showcase the colors yeah. of like love and I'm hot, so there. Yeah. So Marianne, I also have a question. Yeah. So I have a concept for design that she wears these bright, fun colors until her heart gets broken by Willoughby and then she gets sick. Mm-hmm. And then she gets sick and then she turns into darker colors. Mm-hmm. What color, what darker colors do you think she would wear? I feel like she would wear like a dark blue, very like sapphire-esque, related to sadness. I feel like she would also throw some blacks in there, mm-hmm. be a little edgy. Little evil girl. Yeah, yeah, little evil girl. Kind of like uh, the colors you would see in like the ocean. Yes. When it's stormy. Uh, when it's yes. stormy weather. Yeah. I like that. Because they're still kind of vibrant, mm-hmm. but they're very dark. Yeah. You know? They're in their gloomy stage. Yes. Because yeah. I take that as like her loss of innocence moment. Mm-hmm. So she's not that fun, happy, bright colors anymore. No. She's an adult. <laughs> yeah. Versus I also have Eleanor. She starts off in dark and then transitions when she allows herself to love. When mm-hmm. she allows herself to be loved, she transforms into, like, brighter colors. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, like, if she turned into those uh, more brighter colors, what do you think she would wear? I don't know. I feel like she would, like, it wouldn't be a big transition for Eleanor because she's more, like, conserved. So maybe, like, instead of, like, a pale yellow, maybe, like, a brighter yellow or, mm-hmm. like, a more eye-catching, like, peachy or, like, like a an pastel. orange. More, mm-hmm. Definitely more on the pastel side. I like that. I like that. That seems fun. Um, so how do you think, this is kind of, like, a very broad question, but how do you think adolescence influenced the girls' decisions? Because mm. they were both going through puberty at the time. Yeah. Yeah, but they were seen as adults at that time. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. they didn't have much of a childhood. You know, they didn't really they, have... they were kids, and there was no, there was no really adolescent point. They were kids, and then they were adults, get married. Yeah. You're around the age yeah. of 15, start looking for a husband. So maybe if they did have an adolescence, that would have helped them in their situations. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit more time to grow up. Yes. Grow up. Yes. The concept for the show is love and frustration. Mm-hmm. So, because that's how the play was adapted into, it was an adaptation of the author's love for theater, but her frustration that women's roles on stage were only the wife, the girlfriend, or the prostitute. Sweet. So, who do you think, or what parts do you think Marianne and Eleanor are love, and what part do you think they're frustration? That's a really good. That's a really good question. <laughs> if like, we like like cut and dry, like uh-huh. straightforward, Eleanor would be frustration. Marianne would be, be love. love. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it can also change if you look at them like chronologically throughout the story. Like, I don't know if it Eleanor's really in frustration. Maybe she's more like frustrated in her conservativeness. She wants to get mm-hmm. out there, but she can't, yeah. and she transitions to the love, like. By, and also, like, vice versa with Marianne, she is head over heels in love, and then she's frustrated. And because it doesn't happen. It doesn't work out yeah. for her. Yeah. Like, a fairy tale ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like the sense and sensibility aspect. Yeah. You know? They like, cut and dry, yeah. Yeah. What do you, who do you think is the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, and then you give me your opinion. I think that Lucy is the object of her love and frustration, of Eleanor's love and frustration, and then I think it's Willoughby for Marianne. Because Lucy's the one that frustrates her by telling her that 
she and Edward are engaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She ruins and she that causes all of that turmoil mm-hmm. inside of Eleanor. Mm-hmm. Eleanor's not good enough. Yeah. So, yeah, I really do think that too, though. That does make sense. Yeah. I do agree. Because for Marianne, no questions, it's Willoughby. Yeah, no questions. But at for all. Eleanor, it's hard to decide because it's not really a man, but it would make a lot of sense because that's who's taking her her man away like mm-hmm. who she wants who she sees herself with so that doesn't make sense i do agree now she's the object of turmoil yeah. yes very she's much the so. one that made it go south she was like i'm not supposed to say but she's definitely the we've been engaged mm-hmm. for years if you could like taking yourself out of it as the actor take yourself out of it what do you think your character looks like like top to bottom hair face like top to bottom what do you think they look like just like visual looks just visual looks okay Eleanor, she would have her hair, like, tied back. She wouldn't have it up. It wouldn't be touching her shoulders. I always imagine it, like, two braids hanging out, and then you cross them in the mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, a headband. And, like, full sleeve dress, collar, all the way up, not showing anything. Not really elaborate shoes. You probably wouldn't even, like, see her shoes. But not, like, gloves or anything fancy, because they didn't have money for that. More like dirty blonde hair. Dirty blonde hair. Dirty blonde hair. Blue eyes. See, for Marianne, they also didn't have money. But I feel like she dressed more extravagant. Mm-hmm. So I see, like, also dirty blonde hair, but maybe a little bit lighter than Eleanor's. Mm-hmm. Kind of curly. Mm-hmm. You know, she has it. She show, she doesn't show her shoulders either. She keeps it pulled back. Um, I feel like she has ribbons in her hair. Very, you know, sweet looking. And then her dress is very square neckline. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. exposed, kind of. She has not that too much. She has that. Um, yes. What's it called? Regency. Yes. She has that regency. She, corset, corseted waist, course slimmed, and then the skirt's kind of poofy out. Hourglass for yes. sure. Hourglass okay. look. Yes. And once again, you can't see her shoes, or she's not wearing gloves. I feel like. She, yeah. She looks a little bit more extravagant than Eleanor, and more kind of out there. But Eleanor's dress isn't more like she doesn't have like the big. What's that called? The the, the bum. Yeah, like the thing that makes your skirt look big and poofy. Yeah. Hers is just like straight. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. a rectangle. More like a, not like that an hourglass. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, based on that, you, d- you just described Eleanor as a rectangle and Marianne as an hourglass. How do you think that like fits into their characters? Like in their personalities? Eleanor is very straightforward. She doesn't have a lot of like, she's pretty cut and dry. She stays the same throughout the thing. Marianne has like some edge around her. Definition to her. She's mm-hmm. got things hiding around like oh you wouldn't expect her to do that but here she is yep well those are all the questions i had for you thank you for joining me today on my podcast (laughs) thanks for having us thanks for having us thank you so much for tuning into my podcast this lovely time and i really hope that you appreciated everything that you heard both from myself and from my two guests that i had with me have a wonderful rest of your day and that you learn lots